409, this your boy, Eric Brown, a.k.a. E-Solid, back with another one, man. Um, it wouldn't be right if I didn't share my fourth-year freedom anniversary with this team that helped me get where I'm at today, man. Real-life street stars, man. We just dropped another fire interview, man. I know y'all go love it, baby. Solid Stubbers United, man. Salute. Real life street stars. Hold on. We got them back. It's a blessing, man. Um, damn it. I want to say the last interview we had, man, uh, E Solid, Eric Brown, man, 9,125 days in Angola State Penitentiary, man, known as the Alcatraz of the South, uh, the bloodiest prison in America at the time of you going in, man. Um, uh, it's a blessing. They say uh, most incarcerated people, uh, five years, they're back in. They're back in five years. You right now are celebrating four years free. Let's clap that up, man. Come four years free, man. As of uh, the other day, as of Saturday, man. Um, how was that feeling? Tell me when they give that uh, that statement saying that most people who have been incarcerated, institutionalized, are back in there in five years. What do you say to that? Well, first I want to say, man, again, it's an honor and a pleasure, pleasure to be back on Real Life Street Stars. I Thank respect y'all brothers. I respect how y'all do it. Um, <clears throat> and to be sharing my four-year anniversary here free with y'all brothers, that's that's an honor. You did real talk. And, thank, and before you answer that real quick, I want to say this. Uh, since your interview, um, I've seen you maybe one or two other times. Uh, you've sent me uh, Instagrams of people seeing you out and about, knowing you, uh, recognizing you even from our interview, saying that it was profound. You gave them hope. Your story was very interesting. Before you answer that question about the f uh, five years, how has that been as far as just the recognition you've been getting from even that interview and just other things you've been doing outside of that? Bro, it's been it's been it's been humbling, bro, to say the least, man. It's, it's been it's been fascinating. Um, this brother right here, man, oh, Dennis man. Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Number Jr. Oh, he's a solid stepper, true solid stepper, man. He's supporting my brand and everything. He on a flight right now. Just text him so he can't um, call in and be here with us right now. Shout but, out uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Big supporter, man, and he said he saw me right here on Real Life Street Stars. Man. Oh yeah, nah, he's um, he's he's a Dallas man himself with the yeah, Mavericks. He when yeah, he when he was yeah. when he was drafted. So yeah, yeah. So he's just one of many. Um, I got invited to the Big Three League. Um, my manager put it together for me. Big shout out to Danielle. Shout out to uh my new agent now, um, Christopher Fouté, yeah. your French name. And uh, but yeah, so when I get to the big three, uh DOC, I met DOC the doc, met uh so many different people, man, and they had me on court side, bro. Like I say, I went from from the streets to the pen. So I never really enjoyed life or experienced life, never been courtside and all that. So to have me courtside. With all the celebrities and stuff, man, you know, I, I felt good about that, man. Met um them boys from um shout out to uh Big Duke from yeah. um remember that song? Them boys got Glocks, them boys got, got mm, yeah. yeah. I met got got a chance to meet Big Duke from that group um USDA or something with that that they group yeah, G bro, there, yeah, uh, out there in Atlanta. Yeah, 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 we're, we're, man. So I uh, met a lot of people, bro, and um people wanted to take pictures with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was a celebrity, bro. So that, that was a good feeling, man. And so big shout out to y'all. Appreciate y'all for having me. 
and uh, let me do what I do, man, to speak just facts and knowledge to the people. Yeah, for those that don't know, man, you went in to serve your time with that life sentence they gave you um, at the age of 16, I believe? 16 years old, 1994. 1994, so yeah, you ain't had no time to be, uh, have you, you ain't even, I'm sure you ain't even been to an NBA game at that time, have you? Nah, that, that was my first time ever, you know what Man. I'm saying? I ain't never been a football game, professional. You're right. You know, football game, NBA game, so that was my first experience, bro, and I really enjoyed it. You know? Oh, man, that's a and that's why, that's why it's imperative that I do what I'm doing for the youth, because they thinking, you know, giving your life to the streets and going to the penitentiary, they think that that's what makes you a man. No, what makes you a man is being out here, being able to take care of your family and have those type of experiences with your family. My father couldn't do that with me because I had to kick the door down to go to penitentiary. That's real. Uh, you your, dad, your dad was much older than you, though, too. Yeah, man, I'm an old man, baby. But I, I think that's where I get my wisdom from. I think that's what gave me the, the, the tenacity to not accept that life sentence. I think that's what kept me equipped mentally to deal with the grown men and the violence and the things that was going on in Angola because my pop was 54 when I was born. Man. You know what I'm saying? So he was already an old man as I was coming up. You know, so he was, every day he was just dropping me jewels, man. And I remember one day calling him from prison, calling him from Angola. And I said, damn, daddy, man, I see what you were saying. She said, son, I don't want to hear that. He said, I was telling you what I was telling you and the jewels that I was giving you was about prevention. Yeah. Beforehand, because I had to be foolish, man. You know what I'm saying? Because for me to be running in the streets when I already had two brothers up there, both of them died up there. You know what I'm saying? And I kicked the door down at 16 years old to go up in there. You know, the, even though I was innocent of the charge that they convicted me of, but still put myself in the street life, which which gave them the opportunity to snatch me. You know, definitely. Um. <laughs> now, with that being said, let's go back to the question of four years out. They say that most people will return. In five years, um, what are your thoughts to that statement where they feel like the rehabilitated can't be rehabilitated? Well, um, recidivism, the recidivism rate is high and it's real. So I want y'all to know that. They expect everybody that come home from prison, especially somebody who did a long time like me, they expect us to be right back in, in there because they think that we can't function properly into society. They think that we have to be controlled. We have to be dictated to. They think we have to be told what to do on a consistent basis. So um, I got one more year and um, I don't plan on going back. It's a forward mission for me. And um, so I've ran into several opportunities that could have set me back. You got just right now, just with my documentary, you got people coming at me like they solid. They want to do my documentary. They want to do this, that. But then when it comes to the contracts and the money, they're trying to play games. You know what I'm saying? So that those are things that. When I was working on cases in Angola, helping dudes come home, and then when they come home, and then they come right back, and I'd be like, damn, but why you back? You serious? You saw me in there with this life sentence, working on your case, happy that you got a chance to go home, and I'm telling you, bro, I'm going to live vicariously through you, you know what I'm saying? But yet you right back in there, how you blow that opportunity? So, but I had to stop bashing them dudes when I realized, when they started telling me what was happening, they like, E, them dudes ain't built like us in here no more. Them dudes ain't got no word. Them dudes just say anything. It ain't, and, man, E, bro, you make it out here, bro. You go see. And now I see, bro, because putting your word out there, giving your word, it don't mean nothing no more today. And that's my greatest asset. In prison, they say that's E-law. Oh, E said that? That's law. If I say something, I send word to another camp and E, e said this, that's law. You know? So, but to, to answer that question about the recidivism rate, man, um, I'm just determined to be who I say I am. I say I didn't denounce that, that street shit, that nonsense, cause, and I could do that because I did it. You know what I'm saying? I lived it, 
You know what I'm saying? I represented in it. I'm respected in it. I didn't fall short in it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't throw nobody under the bus to come home. I ain't rattle nobody. I ain't been raped. I ain't been belittled. I ain't been disrespected. Like, I handled it. So there's nothing else for me to accomplish in that street world. And and I ain't got nothing to show for it. You see what I'm saying? So now I I get the attention because, like, damn, but he was 16 years old in a bloody prison in America. So I get all that attention and all that. And that's that's cool. But at the same time, I really salute the brothers who didn't fall victim to prison because that showed me that, hey, bro, man, I was the fool. Them the small brother. That's the brothers we need to be celebrating. If you especially if you a black man in America and you avoided handcuffs, jailhouses and prison. She man, I salute you. You know, so um, I, I have to be uh, I have to starve the statistics. I have to defy the eyes of going backwards. And this is forward mission. And. My life is an example to a lot of people that, bro, we could get out of there uh, after 25 years, after a quarter of a century, um, after having life without parole, told who's going to die there, consistently watching people die there, having brothers die there. We could come home and, 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 have, and utilize our intellect, utilize our education, um, uh, 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 maintain our sanity and our dignity, uh, treat people fairly, properly, and we could avoid the bullshit. You know, so I'm a, I'm a living example of that right now. <clears throat> the name of E Solid, it has the you don't get that name without principles, right? Like, so you stand on things, right? Um, is there anything that someone could do to you that would make you go back to jail? Okay, that's a good question. Let me say this: some people don't understand nothing but pain. You know, I mean, that's just the truth. So being positive don't mean being a coward. Being positive don't mean letting some like I'm not I'm not the Martin Luther King type. I don't let nobody slap me or spit on me and I turn the other cheek. Um, Malcolm X said that that's unintelligent. That's not intelligent. You, if you if you touch America, you poke America. What America go do? Okay. No. Okay. So they go bomb your muscle. So, so why would I let somebody just disrespect me or mistreat me? The, the, but the but but so I would never lie to nobody and just say hey bro just let somebody kick you in your ass run over you. Nah that. That ain't me. However, I would say this. It's like, for instance, in prison, you got to outthink certain situations. Like, I'm, you're not going to find me at a, at a club where nothing but youngsters that is talk about killing and gangbanging and all. You're not going to find me in those atmospheres unless I'm there to speak to somebody, unless I'm there for a purpose or a reason to try to help uh, uh, change the mind state of something, to try to, you know, do something positive in that, in that uh, or share a positive light in that type of environment. That's the only time you'll catch me in those type of situations before I just go in there and hang. So I don't put myself in situations like that. I don't disrespect nobody. So therefore now it's like, Hey, don't disrespect me. That's common sense. You so know, let's talk about it, man. You get served uh, a life sentence. Um, what they used to say, and they don't say this no more. I don't see it no more, but I want to ask you your thoughts on it. They would tell you, you have a hundred years or a life sentence. We sentence you to hard labor, which basically is a term of, uh, you consider slavery, modern day slavery. Um, did you hear those terms when they sentenced you back in the uh, the 90s where they said we sentenced you to hard labor, meaning you're going to have to work. This ain't a vacation. You will go to work. Well, man, we worked on a case dealing with that a landmark case at that. But let me go even deeper. Let's go. I'm convicted. Me. Excuse me. Corey Miller. Y'all know him as C murder. C murder. And fifteen hundred others are convicted murderers or whatever charge we was arrested for 
and two jurors found us not guilty. And now unanimous jury verdict. If we was in Texas, California, New York, what Chicago, we would never be convicted, right? Correct. So this law was in effect. Guess what year they put this law in effect? 1898. In the 18, so I'm victimized by a writ, and they put it in. Guess why they put it in effect? Why why they uh, uh, enacted this law? To prepare, they, and they, they were so bold in 1898. They said, yeah, we lost the Civil War, so we need our crop picked. We need this, you know, hard labor. We need them people to work, these slaves to work for us. So how do we get around this in the law legally? Okay, well, let's instead of making it 12 jurors convict, let's make it nine unanimous. So they say, okay, 10 to or 11 to 1. That way they now, because if they do luckily get a black person on a, on the jury pool, his vote is not going to not gonna count because they know that Man, they railroad this dude. Picture me, 16 years old, no murder weapon, no eyewitnesses, no DNA, no fingerprints, and two jurors found me not guilty, yet I was still convicted and sentenced to life without parole plus 30 years. So from a law that was established in 1898 and is clearly said to perpetuate slavery. Uh, Ramos versus the United States, we won the case in the U.S. Supreme Court. They said that's wrong. You can't do it. But guess what? They saying all y'all that we did it to, me, Corey Miller, and fifteen hundred of us, and that ain't even counting the people that done died. Right. They saying that it's not retroactive. So they said and, um and it's not they they're not gonna make it retroactive due to the fact that it'll cost too much money to retry all of us. So you telling me I gotta be considered a convicted murderer with an ex on my back for something I didn't do behind a racist law, but that you don't wanna rectify because it'll cost you money. Come on, and bro. That- and, and that, that's what the kids need to understand, bro. We up against a yeah, monster right now. The system now, that was built was not built for us. Like Absolutely you said, not, 1898, bro. just a few decades outside of slavery, we need these cotton, pit, cotton fields yeah. still picked. We still need the labor of what we, we had labor, because we're falling into a recession over here of shit ain't getting done. Um, so so, so the, the system is not broken. Let's get that straight, ladies and gentlemen. The system is not broken. It's designed to do exactly what it's doing. Is a white inmate treated better in jail? Let me give you a factual situation. And I'm cool with this white dude. We got cool. At 16 years old, 17, he was 17. He killed his mama, his daddy, and his 15-year-old brother. Then he burned a house down on him. To get the insurance money. They gave him the death sentence. They took that back. They gave him three life sentences. Then they took that back and gave him 30 years credit for time served. He had served like about 28 years at the time. So he came home. He wasn't on no parole or nothing. But me, with the same, under the Miller versus Alabama issue, the juvenile, everybody want to know how I came home because I ain't right on nobody. I ain't through nobody. The Miller versus Alabama, I got Brian Stevenson into Angola from the Equal Justice Initiative Center who helped us formulate a strategy, formulate a plan that he spearheaded and won that issue that you can't be, if you're 16, if you're under the age of 18, you can't automatically receive a life without parole sentence. So that's how I'm here today. So this brother here, this this, this white guy here, he had the same issue. He, he uh, uh, worse, crazy case than mine, but they gave, let him go free, but put me on parole. So that's the, the, the difference between whites and blacks inside the system. You, you said that you were cool with him. Did you ever, did he ever open up about his case? Um, well, you know, we, we, we kind of like talk, but a situation like that, bro, he was kind of like embarrassed about it because as he, you know, see the prefrontal cortex 
or the frontal lobe of the brain, which controls rational thinking, is not fully developed until the age of 25. Mm -hmm. Therefore, anybody under that uh, uh, the age uh, bracket has the propensity to react instead of respond to situations. You know, and you know how them white kids, fuck you, mom, and all this, you know what I'm saying? You know, they go off quick. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of them type of moments where he wished he could take back, you know, and the thing, but this is the crucial part. The DA in his parish told the family, yeah, you heard me? We letting him out, like the DA, and everybody. but the DA and all the other parishes, when it come down to people of my color, they was against us and not the, so I was like, but that was, that was, man, that was a miracle for that dude, bro. Yeah, I want to have people. Um, I watched a documentary called The Farm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a war winning documentary back in 1998. And it was focused on the, Ango- uh, the Angola uh, penitentiary where it fought like seven people. And there was there was a guy, a white guy who killed his wife uh, serving a life sentence. And he was like, um, yeah, it, it's it's not that bad in here. And I'm, and I'm thinking like he must have better treatment because there was another black man who was sentenced for a rape that he said he didn't do and he had the evidence to show he didn't do it, he was sentenced to 100 years. And he was like, nah, this is hell. I'm trying to get home. This, I'm not supposed to be here. So I always wondered, like, do the CEOs, even outside the parole board in the system, do the CEOs treat uh, Caucasians differently than blacks from what you've seen or is pretty much equal across the board? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You had a a group of white guys in there called the Dixie Mafia. You know, they made world news. They uh, put a hit out on a judge. You used to be able to get on the phones and just call. That was before the, 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 the cell phone outbreak in the prisons. You know, this is way back in the day. Um, you, you, you just get on the jail phone and just call straight out, you know. But because they put a hit out on a federal judge in Mississippi, they got a book out called Mississippi Mud, and they did, they, they, you know, they were doing their thing. So, um, they they had real guns inside the institution. Like the deputies used to bring them anything they wanted. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, used to bring them anything they wanted. So they had they had like see how this 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 room is like they had their own room. Like oh, they didn't have shit. to go in the cell blocks or in the dormitories. They was able to come in and have their own rooms and shit with their little hobby shop crab where they could make little wooden items or, 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 or belts and hats and sell them on the street stuff like that. Yeah, they had like a little room that was like a little apartment. You know, but some black dudes started getting it too because they had to either sell their soul and be a rat or or uh, uh, um, had to have some type of t- talent or skill that the wardens could benefit from. And they'll give them that as a little good either boy, you know, type of shit. So, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a big disparity on the way that we treat it. But, however, um, it was brothers like me, brothers like Wood Fox, Angle, the Three, King, um, um, rest in peace, them brothers there. Um, hooks, but uh, it was brothers like us who stood up against that kind of oppression and against the type of disrespect, and it was like, you don't have to like me, Warren, but you will respect me. And that was the difference. I have to ask, um, you've been out, um, I'm assuming you, you know, watch some movies and things like that. Um, I'm curious, and you may have the answer to this, you may not. What is the closest depiction as far as a movie that got Prison accurate as far as what you went through, bro. If you remove the comedy and the humor, because this, this movie yeah, is funny as a month. But if you remove the comedy, I wrote my sisters one day and I told them, I said, watch that movie and take the comedy out. And that's my real. That's what your baby brother going through right now. And that's that movie life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, bro. Man. That movie, see how he showed them going there young and then they grew older and older and older. And that but but but. 
But Eddie had that, that never giving up spirit. He just kept trying. That was me in that law library. Just kept trying. I'll go in and research the law. And I said, ooh, I got him on this. I know what it's say. I put it in there. And then, boom, they just hit me with one word, deny. They just one word, deny me, you know. But I kept fighting. I'm here. Man, it's crazy because uh, I seen how quickly they could one word deny you. Um, I'm curious, who do you feel leaves your corner first when you go in? Um, whether parents... Brothers, sisters, cousins, girls, homeboys, who stays down for people, the you know, tries to stay in there? That's a beautiful question. The first people that lose, that, 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 that falls off is your partners, your gang gang. They the first one. They ain't going to send you no money. They ain't going to pay no lawyers for you. They ain't going to uh, cut your mama grass, help her pay the bills, help your lady. They're not going to try to help your lady. Uh, um, uh, they're not doing nothing for your babies. Like, they're going to be the first one. So we be riding for them, you know, our gang gang. And that's why I say, bro, you can't be a man and a gangster at the same time. That's why I be feeling so hurt when I got partners that I love and respect that's still in that street shit, bro. And they see my life and they be like, yeah, I see what you're saying, bro. I'm trying. I'm trying to like, ain't no trying. You got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't be a man and a gangster at the same time. Let me tell you why. Because of the simple fact is a gangster or a street dude, his first priority is his partners in the street. That click, that game. So when I'm sitting there in the law library, dude telling me, E, man, I was at home with my old lady. My old lady told me not to go. She told me not to go. And now here, as soon as I left out of the house, now I got a life sentence because he went mess with them niggas and them niggas ain't doing nothing for him. So they gonna be the first ones to fall off on you. Then your girl, if she ain't that side, she might, she might stick around for a year or two or something. I done had a couple of them stick around for a couple of years and go. You know what I'm saying? But to so to, to them, uh, uh, equal to that will be brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Brothers and sisters, they go fall off too. They're like, man, I got bills, man. I got kids, man. I ain't got time. I can't be coming up there. Woo, 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 woo. You know what I'm saying? But the main one that's going to rock with you, the only person that rock, and my daddy tried to, but he passed away. Mm. So, but my mom is the only person that rock with me straight, consistently. For 9,125 days. And she used to tell my little nieces and nephews, Uncle Ever coming home. Uncle Ever coming home. And I had life without parole and didn't know if I was going to live or die the next day. Man, that's so important that, you know, they give you life without parole, but you never lost faith. You never lost hope. You never, you never wavered in the thought like um, some people will be like, man, damn it. Um, I'm going to just give up. I'm going to just, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. I've seen it many times. I know that you you did incredible amount of time. What was one thing that you got that you got so good at that you mastered? Why you? Because with all that time, you could just master some law. So you mastered law. Law, the ability to think, and almost boxing. I ain't gonna say I'm mad. Almost, I that black rhino. Black rhino started training me. Uh, who the one who fought Mike Tyson, Clifford yeah. E. Tain? Yeah, yeah, he started training me. You know, um, big shout out to Isaac Knapp, Archie, and all them boys. You know. That's real. Now nah, you're very well spoken. I could tell that law. That law got you out. That law like, got me out. Damn it. So let me ask you this: um, compared to your counterparts and your peers, about how bad is it? Do you feel is the level of uneducation or diseducation or you know non-education for inmates that come in at a young age like yourself? Like of just what people know in general. You know, we're it's Louisiana. Some people came up. You know, maybe dropped out of eighth grade, maybe dropped out of ninth grade, then go, then get a uh, diploma. 
and they go into the system with no knowledge of nothing. So whatever they're told by a lawyer, by the judge, by the by with appeal courts, with evidence, they just take it face value and don't know what to do. Man, let me start it off with saying this. That's why it's important not to disrespect a man's mind, not to disrespect a man's intelligence. And what I mean by that is this. In prison, you hold a man holds high regards to his ass. You see what I'm saying? So with that said, you also got to hold that same type of regard to your mind. Because I've seen some people that are killed behind the head, but they'll let you disrespect their mind all day. Man, so it's on. like mentally, your, your, your mental is the thing that makes you who you are. So you have to protect it. You can't let people use your head for a garbage can. You can't let people just go around disrespecting your mind or your intelligence. And we say that it's corny or it's whack, but education is the key, bro. Education, learning, putting some fat on your brain, man. That's how I'm here today, bro. If I would have just went played basketball or been gambling, and let me say this right quick. They're so disrespectful in, in, the, in the institute. The administration is so disrespectful. Now, here it is. You got all these killers, these gangbangers, these thugs. They took the regular playing cards, you know, the Jack, the Jokers, and all the you know, regular playing cards. They stopped selling the regular ones. And guess what kind they started selling inside the institutions now? If you want to play cards in prison right now, you got to play with the Crime Stopper card, man. Oh, damn. The Crime Stopper card. Uh, and they say, if you know who killed this person, snitch. contact this number. And then when you go by the phone, they got a big sign that say, uh, Crime Stopper, call this number, toll free. You can call this number without worrying about having to pay for nothing. Just call this number. So you oh, got dudes shit. who don't have nothing. They don't have no outside support, but they be on the phone. Like, how you on the phone? Because you calling this free number. Yeah, and you going to store, you going to, I'm like, if I was a gangster, if I was a gangbanger, man, I would feel like that's disrespecting my mind to go play calls on some crime stopper call. You asking me to go rat, and I'm paying you for it. And if you common sense say, if I stop buying them calls, everybody stop buying them, they go stop because they won't make that money. So they go put the regular playing calls back in. So this is what I mean by these dudes be so, so they, they be so phony, bro. They be allowing people to disrespect their intelligence, bro. Don't even be realizing it. You know, they had a situation, I think, in Fort Worth um, to where uh, they normally do like a Warren roundup where they, hey, we're going to go round everybody up for warrants. Yeah, when the jump off boys come. Yeah, the jump off boys come. But then one day they said, let's get smart. Let's do Warren forgiveness to where you can come pay $20 and we'll clear our warrants. And they made the most money they ever seen where people came in and paid those warrants off. If in prison, they had a situation where like, hey, uh, we're going to get five years off of some sentences if y'all come tell on some niggas. How many people you think would just jump up there and start giving information? Bro, 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 bro. It's so it's so embarrassing now. It's so like, like I'm so ashamed that I ever called myself a street nigga. It's so yeah. embarrassing right now. Bro, I think you got 64 to 100 and some dudes in the dome. Man, I'm going to say 95% of them, 85% of them go do that, bro. Because they done did it before. They done came and said, hey, if it, I was in a dungeon. They said that I was selling cell phones, this and that, other, to distribute it throughout different camps. Um, they said, they, they tried to say I was showing she murdered too much information in the prison, how to maneuver too much in the prison, right? Yeah. So they had me on lockdown. So they went rally and we got a whole bunch of dudes to say, oh, if you say Eric did this, or if you say Eric did that, we'll do this for you. So all of a sudden now, I got all these confidential informants saying I did this and did that, but ain't no proof. They ain't find nothing on me. So, and they wasn't doing it for freedom. They was doing it for uh, I'm gonna bring you a, a, a McDonald cheeseburger, or I'm gonna move you to this dormitory, 
or I'm gonna I'm I'm give you the board out the blocks and move you here. So it gets pettier and pettier the lower you are that people selling their soul for. Damn. And I don't and, and, and let me say this about this rat stuff. Let me tell you why I don't condone the rat. I don't condone the rat because the, the reason why the so-called gangsters say don't condone, oh, that's just rat. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not condone that. I don't condone the rat because you rat into a system that don't give a fuck about none of us. All they want is the base, that bed space filled up because that's dollars for them. So that's why I don't condone because you sending somebody to a system that ain't doing nothing but slaving all of us and using all of us. So that's my main reason for not supporting that shit. Where they try to punish you or give you just say some things straight because they felt like you was giving C murder too much information. Yeah, man. They felt like I, because people used to come to, man, your boy dumb, man, your boy stupid. You know what I'm saying? Cause he'll crash out in a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, but he, he intelligent. Don't get me wrong. But when you go to a place like Angola, but you need somebody who been there a while, man, to try to like, Hey bro, this the route, this the route, you know, this the, you know, this, how, this how that go. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Now you don't like it ain't like detriment that oh but well, you ain't gonna be a man, you ain't gonna survive, you ain't gonna nah, it ain't like that, but it's just always best to to have somebody I had two big brothers up there. You know what I'm saying? So it's best to have somebody, you know what I'm saying, that that could pull your coat on a certain shit because it's too many mistakes to make and you don't wanna be trying to make all of them. So did you hone in on C murder as far as you want to like give him more information than others and people saw that because of C murder? We slept side by side. We kicked it for like 15 of the 25 years I was dealt. Oh, yeah. I just don't see the thing with me, because when I came out, my first my first handle was True E Nation. I used to go by True E Nation on Instagram. Yeah. But I seen so many people, bro. So many people using that dude name up. And I remember sleeping side by side. And I used to get money orders and used to break bread with him because he ain't had nothing. And it's a whole celebrity, bro. And he got all these millionaire friends, all these big people out here. But I know the truth. And it's like, he know the truth. And he was that shit used to kind of hurt him. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, man, look at this dude. This dude get out here. Now he using his name up for clout. Now he used. So I said, man, my name stand on his own. I don't need to use. So I said, you know what? If I really genuinely help this, want to help this dude and really got love and respect for the dude, I'm going to do it behind the scenes, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to yeah. give him a shout outs here and all that before as using somebody's name for clout or just, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I befriend you, I'm not befriending you for what I can get from you. I'm befriending you because I feel like you're a solid person, a genuine person, and we really cool. You know, it ain't for no trying to gain off. Now, we can put something together. Cool. You know, will you be more surprised if C Murder got released in the next year or so or if he was still there in the next year or so? Well, I know his his case is bad, bro. Like I worked on his case, bro. I'm not going to talk too much about it because that's that's like, you know, I've been asked a lot about him per se, about his brother, and I declined money. You know, certain people came at me and offered me money. I ain't gonna say who, but y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, and it really offered me a lot of money that I could use being fresh out of the pen, you know. But things that somebody spoke to me in confident and private, especially about family matters, um, I don't think that it's manly to do that, bro. You know what I'm saying? To divulge that information. Just to get, you know what I'm saying? So, so I don't do that. I don't rock like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that eventually he will get out. I know what the nine, the thing, the issue that we both have. That's why I'm trying to, I hope everybody that's listening when I put this, uh, stop wrong with conviction to save our U tour together. 
Um, we're going to go to New Orleans. We're going to go on the capitals on the steps, man. And if we could get that uh, 10-2 law that's already passed, they already abolished it. If we could get it retroactive to applicable to us, Corey Miller is one of them, but they're going to have to release him, man. You know? So uh, so I, I definitely want y'all support on that, man. Being that C-Murder was a celebrity when he got in there, did anybody try to try him behind that? Oh, man. Well, you got, you know, he's like, dudes don't care about no rap shit. You know what I'm saying? Dude, dude don't care about that. But for the most part, see not no coward. You know what I'm saying? And these dudes, like, these dudes, these dudes know, you know, shit from sugar. You know what I'm saying, bro? And plus, he, he has so many people. Man, like, I say, so yeah, many, people. Yeah, like, so many people respect him that, that that's respected. You know what I'm saying? You can see me and him walking down the walk. You know what I'm saying? It, it, he way up, I'm way down here. But dudes, like, you know, salute. So it's like, um, he didn't really have to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? He, he didn't really have to do nothing. Was there dudes in there that if you mess with them in prison, something may happen outside of prison to maybe their people or something? Was there people that moved around oh, like that? Oh, yeah, shit. Them white boys, I was just telling you, shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let let shit. me get touched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but one, there was one incident, though, see, I can share this with you because it's funny and, you know, and we, we, we made sure ain't nothing went down. Yeah. But they had this stuff of, uh, that with that 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 mojo stuff, man. That yeah. that fake, uh, we whatever, man. Yeah. Say, bro, dude, and hit that. Then he mixed it with some with that glass that that met, right? Oh, so, yeah. so he up five days. Now you know if the brain don't get no rest, you know what I'm saying. After X amount of hours, you starting to become delusional. Facts. So man, brother, little brother, man, he on that. This dude swore to God, C put a hit out on him, bro. Oh. He flat, he running around the dungeon. Dude say, bro, sit down, so what, man? Man, if I don't even know you, bro. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, man? I don't even know you, bro. God you know damn. what I'm saying? So, uh, so that was just one, one, one crazy. Larry C was like, man. So when the dude, when he came down and all, we just laughed about it. You know what I'm saying? But she still watched that. You know, like, man, he probably really believed that. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but Corey really, he, he a funny dude, man. Like he, he down to earth. He funny. You know what I'm saying? Free Corey Miller, bro. You know, definitely free Corey Miller, man. Um, I'm curious, man. How was uh death handled in? Angola, man, like as far as uh, either one passing from old age, either a murder happening, is there any, like, what happens? Like, whether inmates, then uh, do they tell everybody? Do they let people know, oh, boy died in the cell, he had life, he kind of met his demise, or do they take him off and don't tell nobody? Or Well, the way Angola runs itself, the prisoners run Angola, so everything is done through us. So we know everything Everything when yeah, they have information runs uh, freely. What they say, the internet, we call it the nigga net. You know what I mean? You know, shit. The old prison go know. So you got big shout out to brothers like like DC, Ronald Reynolds, he made it home. Uh T Win, um, you know, Bobby Wallace, these brothers, um, uh Garrett Tyler, he had a big kid. These brothers were hospice volunteers. So what they did was they established a hospice group of prisoners, of lifers who would like when when these brothers was dying on they on they on their last leg, they would go and take care of these brothers while they in there. You feel me? They'll go take care of these brothers while they in there and, and give them some some dignity in their debt. And so um, in doing that, uh, uh, it hits everybody because the warden said eighty five percent of us was go die there one year. Then he came back the next year and said ninety five percent of us. Was go die there. Yeah. So we had nothing to look forward to. So we just had to our own tenacity, our own fortitude, bro. Our own sheer will to survive, man. And that's why people like me and other brothers, that's why we're here today. Now, for them to tell you 95% of y'all gonna die while y'all in here is 
that's a wild number to tell some young impressionable people coming off the streets coming in um uh so let's talk about as far as dealing with the time of being in there uh some people uh you know there's a show on i forgot what channel it's on but it's called love during lockup where you know people <laughs> yeah. are finding love through pen pals yeah, yeah once a yeah. cell phone came out you know or even just you know within with ceos and whatnot man it is that something that fellas look forward to like creating a pen pal while in there finding love on the outside and having that person keep their make their time a little easier Absolutely. Um, I was successful with it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. I was at Camp G on lockdown. So the dude come on a tip and they were talking about the internet and WW. I said, bro, what's the, what WW dot mean? He started laughing. He said, what you mean? I said, man, I came here when they had beepers and payphones, bro. You heard me? Yeah. So he said, um, he said, bro, that mean worldwide web. I said, damn. So you mean to tell me you gonna give me a phone and I'm gonna be able to talk to people because you know. Total Recall was the first time we was able to see that you will be able to talk to people face to face. Remember that? Yeah, that move with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember. On Total Recall, bro. So when I went to, in the, to the pen of 94, we didn't, you know, all that was just in movies that you will be able to see people on the phone and talk to them. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, to answer your question, though, so they had this thing called uh, pay, prison PayPal, friend behind the wall, stuff like that. Yeah. So I called out that one day. I, said, I told my, my brother, I said, man, put me on up, man. Me write a little note, move, boom. So, man, I started getting letters from all over, man. I just wrote my little story, you know, what I'm going through, my situation. I always come from the heart with things, you know. And I think I attract instead of go running to shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I attract what I need. And so I just put my heart out there. Man, that's then I started getting letters from, from, from white people in, in the <laughs> Netherlands and Australia and all that. And it was like, man, I, I seen a documentary about that. Go, that place, man, how you surviving? How? And that's when I realized that. My downfall is, is my come up. That's when I realized that my story is really impactful. My story could really save lives. Because they're telling me, man, if I had life, I'd kill myself. I'd hang myself. How you deal with that? And I'm like, man, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what's going on. The kangaroos in Australia, man. I ain't never, you know. But they're like, man, I want to know your story. And I'm like, damn. And so that that's what really turned me on to knowing about my story. But, man, people do that every day, man. And some some dudes find women that get them lawyers and get them out of that plea. That's real. Yeah. So did you contemplate suicide? Nah, I couldn't. I, I wish I was dead at some time. I wish it was over with for me, you know, several times. But um, I'll be more homicidal than suicidal, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just could never go that route, bro. And um, I'm being um, moderate the way I say this because I have several comrades that then did that, bro, that then took their own life. I'm trying to talk to them trying to talk to him, trying to talk him out of it. And then you got dudes on the tip like, E, man, let him do his thing, bro. He he ain't got nothing to live for. E, think about it, but he got life without parole. He ain't never going home. He ain't got no mom, dad. He ain't got nobody coming to fit. See him, I'm down. And so that made me start thinking like, damn, bro, maybe you right. You know? Yeah. But, you know, it's it just a, it, that's a, that come down to just a personal, it's just, what's in you gonna come out you? So you would, Matt, you would talk to somebody Trying to talk to them out of committing suicide, and then they would do it. And then there's still some of them I was successful, but I was more unsuccessful than successful in that. But what some dudes, what yeah. does that do to your psyche knowing that you probably could have said something? And, um, and that, that's why every time I had the opportunity to say something, I didn't take that other negative advice. That's why I always said something. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to try it, bro, because my brother told me before he died, and uh, when I was getting into all that trouble, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm just wilding out. I'm putting locks on, on the belt loop. That was my favorite weapon. Besides the shank, you know, putting that lock on that belt loop, they call them helicopters. 
You know, you knock eyes out and everything. Well, that was my favorite choice of weapon, you know. But um, so I I'll go back and forth to the dungeon, back and forth on lockdown. And one day my brother was like, Man, you gotta slow down, bro. You gotta chill out. And I'm like, bro, you got parodiability. I don't. So parodiability, y'all the ones that gotta stay away from write-ups. Y'all the ones gotta stay out the dungeon. I don't. I can do time in the cell. Like it don't break my mind. It just make me write books, study law, move harder. You know what I'm saying? I like being in about myself, to be honest with you. I'm sick of them things out there. You know what I'm saying? So my brother said, bro, but you don't know what tomorrow holds, bro. And sure enough, bro. So when I came out to see that last time, I said, man, my partner DC told me one day, round of runners, he said, uh, I said, bro, you got the club, you the president of the club, and she put me down with the club, but let me let me integrate in, the, in, in, in this political part of the prison now and start doing speaking engagement. and all. He said, bro, I would do that for you, but I don't think you go last. I said, what? Because your, your attitude, your mentality. And showing up, everyone, three days later, I was in the dungeon again. You know what I'm saying? So, so he was right. So I had to change my way of thinking. I had to stop trying to um, think that getting that bulldozing my way out of that place was going to work. That militant shit was going to work. We outnumbered. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to humble yourself and you got to be calculated. You gotta, that shit is chess, not checkers. So you gotta, I had to think my way out of that place. You know, thinking. Man, when it comes to just keeping hope, uh, I know yourself, you said you got to think your way out, but for those around you, um, how do others keep hope? Just like, you know, you got a life sentence, you're going to die here, 95% of y'all going to die here. What do men do or who, when you talk to people, what do they do to keep hope just to... <clears throat> well, it depends on what, whatever you was in. Because when I first got there, dudes was boxing their way out of prison. Yeah. If dudes was a good boxer, she didn't wipe over that money. They'll come put that money up, man. Somehow your case will just disappear. You'll get out. I'm you know what I'm saying? You. So I started boxing. Look, I'm smaller. I'm the smallest one in the ring. I'm trying. I'm slinging. We try to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, uh, but um, then that you know, studying the law. Uh, some people go to go to uh go to church. Some people um, you know, they got family support. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, shit like that. But so it's a variety of things that dudes do to keep hope. But it's very, very uh, slim to none. You know, so you got to really. Sometimes you got to just walk by faith, not by sight in that situation, you know? How important is the exercise in prison? Oh, it's very, bro. I mean, I used to exercise. Now, I done got so lazy, bro. Look, got so out of shape, bro. I'm embarrassed. I'm mad at myself, man. I ordered my last shirt. I, I couldn't even fit it, you know? But, um, but yeah, man, uh, my partner be hitting me up from the pen now. E, I ain't never seen you out of shape, boy. You better get... I said, bro, that's this, this, this world, bro. Y'all got all kind of food. You can, you can stop and eat. But um, exercising, man, that... that I worked out every day. If I didn't work out one day in prison, I felt bad. You know, you start to feel bad. So it, it, it becomes, um, you know, medicine. And then exercising also, it relieves stress, bro. Yeah. It really do. Did you ever have to spend time in the hole? <laughs> I did seven and, years straight in the hole one yeah. time. And I want you to tell people, because a lot of people look at movies and they have an idea of what they think the hole is. Uh, for Angola, um, what is considered the hole? What is the rules? What are you allowed to see, do? Uh, what is the conditions of what is considered a hole in the All right. Day? At Camp J, you got badge unit. That's what, like, the trustees, or that's what we call the weak dome. All right? Because they don't have no protective custody in Angola. That's called the weak dome. So at badge unit, they had a dudes that's going to come down and tear and feed us that's in the cells. You got shark, cool, the gator unit. Um, those are the, 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 the real hardcore lockdown cells. Lockdown. And so you might have to boot. The worst one is, is level one. Boot tip. Cause you got three levels. You got level one, level two, level three. 
when you first get there, you're gonna go to level two. Um, on level two, you gotta wear you gotta wear a jumpsuit, whether it's summer, winter, spring, or fall, how that shit, or it's cold in the winter, you gotta wear that. Um, but on level one, it's got what you call a boot tail, where they got uh a door in front of your cell. Whether when you when you act up, cut up, they'll close that door, you can't see nothing. You don't know if it's day, you don't know if it's night, uh, or, or anything, you know. So that's that's that uh that's the epitome of of the whole in Angola. You know, you can't have nothing. In there, but you, but that jumpsuit on, you know. Or if you're on suicide watch, they gonna put you in a paper gown. Uh, it's a little paper gown they, they, that you got you, and that way you can't use nothing to hang yourself with and all that, you know. I heard someone say, uh, when you're in a hole, people get to talking to themselves to the point where they're having full conversations with people from home, answering back to what people at home saying. Did you see people get to that point where they're having full conversations with the wall? I seen them doing words in there. Like I told y'all, shit, man, I watched them. I'm sitting here at the bars talking to one dude. We we having an intellectual conversation, too. You know what I'm saying? We running it, you know? And uh, next thing I know, he eating his own feces. Yeah, I remember you, you said know? that. Remember remember you said so before the talking to yourself, it, it got so bad that dudes were like, all right, well, he just talking to us. As long as he's not answering himself, then he good. You know what I'm saying? Because the mind has the propensity to correct itself. So I done seen some dudes snap. And then come out of that shit, you know? So, but yeah, man, I seen that plenty of time. Did you see any successful uh, suicide attempts, like where one day he here, the next day he didn't succeed? Man, one, the, the the first one come to mind, bro, was one that, that uh, I, like I was telling him, I tried to talk to a dude, bro. And um, it was, it was, it really stuck with me. I see it right now because um, when he did it, um, see, like when people slice their wrist like that, we call that stunting. When you do it like that, you ain't stunting because you can't, you know, when you hit that vein, say, bro, he did that, bro, and it's like looking at when they, the, the police just drug him out the cell by his feet. Oh, man. They just drug him out so his arm out like this shit, right? And they just dragging him by his feet. And I'm talking about, bro, so much blood just, just dragging behind him. But it was that, I guess it was plasma. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what it was at the time, but I guess it was plasma or something, but it didn't even look like, I'm like, damn, like, that is coming out his own, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But because he really hit that, like he went to the meat, like he really was in that shit, bro. That, I was like, damn, bro. But that was, um, then a few of them do when they hang themselves, they they legs go start kicking, so you go hit a ball, you go hit that shit, you know what I'm saying? You gotta and you gotta just deal with that shit and, and be wondering who next, who go down to next, who go who go check out next. That's what they call it. Or he about to check out. What are your thoughts uh, yourself on on death row? Just the, the 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 aspect of what death row is, the system of death row, um, having someone wait and know the time of their death. Uh, what are your thoughts on just the ordeal of death row? Well, um, my few partners that was on there, um, it's like, and this might sound strange, but it it is is you reflect on it, they deal with it. But you, until that day comes or it get closer, you just you just living. You just living. You know what I'm saying? You just constantly going through your day. They got TVs up there for them. You know, you got ice chest. They can, they can order little zuzus and chips and stuff, little cold drink. And so for the most part, they just be living until they die. Do you feel any way about the man who passes the sentence? Do I feel any way about the judge? Not the judge, more so the man who presses the button, the guy who hits the chair, the guy who injects, the guy who actually commits 
What the execution? Yeah, the one that flipped that switch. Yeah. yeah. Um, or the or the or the one that hit you with that needle. Um, right. well, I guess it's, you know everybody got a job to do. Um, it's not something that I do, but um, you still killing somebody, and who 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 gives you the right? I, I want my question would be to him is how you feel when y'all find out twenty years later, ten years later that that person was actually innocent of the crime that y'all killed him for. Man, See, that's the issue. That's the real issue. How many brothers that's in there right now wrongfully convicted? You know what I'm saying? Like Vincent Simmons, the one you was talking about. Yeah. I worked on this case. We, uh, 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 we, we, we trying to get a petition right now so that man could get compensated. That man did 44 years for a crime that never even happened. And the, the, I mean, the doctor said he couldn't even complete his, his, uh, his, his examination because the little girl Hyman was still intact. Still she intact. was still a virgin, so there's no way possible he could have committed the crime that she said he did. And, and so when all these years later, 44 years later, they finally let the man out. Now they don't even want to get a man a dime. Yeah, and when, they, when he tried to present that to them that the girls were virgins, they didn't want to look at the... They, yeah, I mean, they documented this. They didn't want to look at it. They just said... No. And the He's worst like, one on there was the black one. Was the black one. Oh, he did it. He did it. Now, and, and let me tell you the backstory on the phone, bro. Let me give you the backstory on that, how I played a part in that, bro, and didn't even know it. When I first got to prison, they put me on Camp D Hawk unit. It was calling Camp D Killers, Freaks, and Athletes. They already had um, a, a target on my back because my mama was suing them for when they, when they shot and killed my other brother, Tidy. You see what I'm saying? So they wanted to try to intimidate me or threaten me to scare my mom into dropping her suit, you know, which you see they have because she fought him for 19 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, we ain't going out like that. But um, <clears throat> so while we on the tip, me and Comanche, you know, we got we gained a camaraderie because the rest of them dudes were just about fighting each other, slinging shit on each other and all that. But me and Comanche was in that law. We were fighting, but we ain't never accepted all the time he gave us. And we wasn't letting those the free people disrespect us either. Because you had dudes in there, they'll kill you in a minute. They'll stab one of us up in a minute. But all they got to do is have somebody with a badge on, with a different skin color. Get the fuck down, shut up, count time up. They got their finger on their lip. I'm like, damn. You know, I didn't, I didn't respect that kind of shit. So anyway, so while we on the tip, so me and Command, we chopping it up, we sharing law, you know, going over the law. So he said, bro, I need some stamps. I just got the evidence. Because I used to drive, you know, play with him like, oh, man, you know you did that shit. You know you raped the girl. You know you did. You know, just messing with him. And uh, we jokes and passing the time. And so when he got that evidence and he showed it to me, I said, damn, bro. Man, my heart broke. Like, damn, bro, they got this man bad as a mother like that. He already was up there like 20 years already when I got there. So, boom. So I helped him get the stamps. He said, I said, bro, them people ain't going um, to care about all that, you know. So he did it though. He 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 had more faith than me because he had been there twenty years. Like man, I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm all pessimistic. Oh man, I'm be buying She man, he sent that shit out. Next thing I know, I made the board first. I think went back in population. I'm in Pine Three on the wild side. You call it West Shore, the wild side. So I'm over there. A couple of months later, boom, Comanche rolling. He coming down there. What they call it the walk. He did the big long walk. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Comanche coming out, they put him in Pine Tree, put him in a dome. So we linked back up. What's happening? He said, bro, the warden just called me. He said, some people want to come film me. Um, you want to get on this? They go do a document. I said, man, I don't want to do it. I was, I thought they would come tell you. I said, I committed another murder. I'm like, I ain't getting on no camera, boy. If I would have got on that camera, I probably would have been out. Because everybody that got on that camera got some help. But it was his case that compelled 
that that documentary to win that Emmy Award. I think he won an Emmy Award or some kind of award. You know what I'm saying? But it was his case because of what you were just saying about how they treated this man, especially when when he went on that parole board, bro. And you saw how innocent this man was. What's the worst uh, thing you saw in prison? (sighs) Bro, it's it's too many. It's too, you you, got to remember, bro, Angola was no play play. That was the bloodiest prison in America. You had you had uncles raping nephews and shit, bro. That's how sick some of them yeah. dudes were. Uncles what? raping nephews. You know, that's how what? sick some of that were. But I'm gonna tell you this. I want and I I got to say this. Although I saw the worst in that place, I also saw the best in that place. You know what I'm saying? I also saw how 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 you know when when somebody is stripped of everything, you know, and that's that's what I be saying to these gangsters, man. These like you don't have no guns. You don't have nothing. Just you. Just your mentality. Just your heart. How you go stand under that pressure? You know what I'm saying? They could rap it and talk it. This sound good. But in real life, that's why this is called real life. In real life, bro, can you really handle that, man? And a lot of people can't, bro. They be thinking they can. And then when they get in that water, that's why they do all that conniving and, 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 and low down shit they got to do to get out of it, bro. Did, did uh, prison make you violent? Or you already violent before prison? Well, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I, I, I was attracted to mess. I was attracted to violence, bro. Um, uh, and, 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 and you can't put all this on no rappers, bro. You can't put because it was the movie Scarface that really had me intrigued with violence. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be the movies too, you know? So, um, and violence was in my community every day. I'm from New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? We're from the murdery capital. So, so, so violence was like, that's why the being in the bloodiest prison in America didn't really shock me or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? It didn't really, because you, you, you hear about it and you see murders every day. I heard stories of uh, riots in Angola where people saying them, they refuse to work. Um, they you know, stand up against the man and they get to rioting. Were you ever involved in any of those riots? Yeah, I kicked off a few of them. Oh, shit. They was you calling didn't... me militant like a butter. You heard me? I was militant, bro. They put that, that in my jacket, bro. Damn. Like, I'll go out there. If they're... If they, if, if that horse fall out, it's over with. Or if that horse start forming at the mouth, I'm gonna be like, man, that horse got sense. I just seen the horse throw, throw the free man off because when you go in the field, you got you gonna have about three, three, three field farmers, right? They call it gun guard. You got two, they got guns. You can't go near them. They they go sit one out here, one right here, right? So you go be in this little square. Whatever you're doing, if you're picking or if you're cutting grass with a tool, because you don't use no lawnmower, you gotta cut grass with a tool. You did. Yeah. So when you in there. You have a gun guard on this corner, a gun guard on that corner. You have a pistol and a rifle or a shotgun. You did point it at. You cross that line, blam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but then you have another uh, a field farmer. He, they call, he called a line pushing. He can't have no weapon because he's too close. You know, because back in the G, you had dudes like Badid and all them. They'll snatch him off and take their gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so the one that's that's coming down there, checking the cuts and all that, he can't have no weapon. But one day when the, when the horse when that horse started foaming. And he, he threw, the, threw the gun guard off and he ran back to the barn. I said, man, that's where I'm going. You heard me? I'm following the hole. You call the truck, Cap. You know, I throw the two. When you throw the two, they, so they call the truck, handcuffed me, boom, flipped me over, threw me in the back of the truck. They put me in the dungeon. You go to the dungeon, you got to sit there with a jumpsuit on, it's hot and all that stuff, but do, do whatever. Because see, the dungeon now, like in, 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 in chattel slavery, you know, lashes on your back. You dig? That was your punishment. But in modern day slavery, uh, days in the cell is your punishment. Days on lockdown is your punishment. So you said it was 1,500 inmates right there? 
No, no, no. Eight, uh, uh, Angola has 6,500 prisoners. In okay, 6,000. Yeah, how, it's how 1,500 many, like me and C. Murder that's dealing with that non-unanimous jury okay, verdict. Yeah. How many um, people worked there, would you say? You had uh, you had uh, like 1,200 to 1,800 guards to, to watch um, 6,500 um, prisoners. So <clears throat> have you ever figured out why if, if we outnumber them, <laughs> Why can't we take it over? Well, I used to try because them dudes be scared, bro. I'm telling you, it's, they come from that Willie Lester. They scared, bro. They'll kill you and me like that. But when they come down to challenging the real op, the real enemy, they don't want to have no part of it, bro. You can't never get them together to do nothing like that, bro. They'll kill you and me quick, dude. The employees, they had housing on the... Pro- on the property it's called Beeline. Beeline, yeah. And we used to call them incest babies, man. Because sometimes the uncle and the niece would merge together and have something oh, creation, shit. bro. And then we'll watch that little child grow up, and then that little child coming and they're telling, ah, get on the right side, ah, that on the whistle and all that shit. And you be like, man, just was the child know. a little slow? Bro? Yeah, they be. You could tell they look, they look deformed Damn. and shit, bro. They, yeah, bro. The Angola is is a world of its own, bro. It's, 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 it, it got its own zip code, bro. Like can you es- can you escape? Like can you run? Well, outside my brother the- did it. My brother did it. He, oh, he- he, yeah, he was successful. He made it out of there. They caught him. You know, um, how far did he get? He got um, he got. I can't remember exactly, but he got some miles off. He. They said if you would have got it, they said it was a car out there. For some reason, the car went so he couldn't get the whatever whatever it was with that car. But but that's, if he would have got that car, he'd have been gone. Because all you need is time. All you need is to get find figure out a way to get past those gun guards, that that them towers and that gate, and then and, and no have like they said, like have at least an hour, an hour or two ahead of time for them to you know hit the beep and all that shit. Get everybody. If you got an hour ahead, hour or two ahead start, and you pass that gates and you got some transportation, oh you gone. They had one dude escape. Um, he was gone for like twenty years. This clown went to Chicago and tried to apply to be a police officer. Damn, he tried to well, try put niggas back in jail. Man, I said, bro, we sitting in prison watching this. She like, bro, but you can't make this shit up, bro. Try to be a cop. We like, bro, you can't, you can't make this up. Bro. I said, but they don't think I'm live. I told the story. Yeah, he bro. might as well try to apply for Angola, nigga. Let me you come back and be saying? a CEO. <laughs> shit. So that was crazy, bro. Um, is it true as far as the stories they say about if you come in with a jacket of rapist or pedophile that it's just gonna be bad for you? Well, back in the G when I went, yeah. Now it's like free. Nobody care, bro. Nobody got no principles no more, no more. Nobody Man. really care no more, bro. They they not they not these dudes today not standing on no principles. All they want to do is get high. All they want to do is and let me say this: in the dormitories, right? If you got if you got more than if you in the dorm with sixty four to hundred and something uh, prisoners. If you got 10 white boys in there, we call it a white boy dome, right? Yeah. Because you don't, that's real to have that many white boys in there. That's just 10 out of 100. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Excuse me. So um, <clears throat> when a black dude come to the door first, when you come in the dormitory, the first thing the black dude saying, who that nigga away from? What he got? You know, that's what they saying. But when a white dude come in, the white dudes embrace, hey, bro, look, here go some shower slippers, bro. Cause you don't want to get in the shower, you know, barefooted. You know what I'm saying? That's nasty. Nobody, you know, all kind of shit on the floor. Um, here goes some uh, zuzus, man, soup chip, whatever. You know, when you get on, get you on your feet, you go some cigarettes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like 
they connecting. They don't care where you're from. None of that. Damn. They uniting, bro. But 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 with us, bro, we just always with that bullshit. Damn. Damn. What are the rules that you personally or what you see that you give a celly for those who you you got your spot, you got, you know, it's a it's a two-man sale. You got a new cellmate coming in and you got to lay down some ground. Or do you give rules? Do you just kind of just read it, read somebody first and then y'all mean the middle? Or is it like, hey, I got my rules because I've been here. You got to obey. You got to kind of go by these rules. Well, it's like this for me. See, I was in prison, but I wasn't of prison. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so a lot of the rules and regulations they had, I ain't give a fuck about because ain't nobody going to dictate nothing to me. When I get in, you go respect me as a man, and I'm gonna respect you as a man. So therefore, if I'm in the cell first, I ain't gonna try to, you know what I'm saying, dictate nothing to you. You know how to respect a man. You know if if if, if a man the, the toilet right there and your head right here, you know how to go pull your dick out and go just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, if you if the man sleeps, say, excuse me, bro. So dudes know really, like if you're on the bottom bone, because the toilet right there, this the bone. The yeah. toilet right there. <laughs> the toilet right there, man. So dudes that's got the bottom bone. They don't even sleep that way. They sleep this way. And everybody be thinking that, oh, the bottom bunk is the, that's, that's for the big dog. Hell no, that's for them niggas. That's this, nigga, I can take the, man, I'm going to be down there you, where well, you got to shit. Yeah. You got to use it. So, nigga, man, I don't want, nigga, give me the top bunk, please. Shit, man. What's some shit that um, people do since you're out of jail around like civilians and stuff that, that they do that pisses you off? That Out here? Yeah, out here. The main thing that they do is one of the things that they're just not keeping your word, bro. Like, yeah. just not keeping your word and playing that Billy Badass shit and knowing they ain't been through nothing. Ain't been through nothing. And swear to God, they the hardest. Ain't been through nothing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Those, those, those two things, but that's really my pet peeve, bro, because, like I say, my greatest asset, you know, is when I was in the pen, when they say, oh, he said that? Oh, that's law. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my greed. That, that's my game. My game is coming from the heart and telling the truth and being solid. That's how I run game on people because I be who I see I am. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's mesmerizing the people because, especially out here, because everybody ain't that. But my greatest asset out here is really worth nothing because everybody distrustful of everybody. Yeah. And we go around bragging about don't trust nobody, don't trust nobody. That's embarrassing, bro. Think about it as a people, if we can't trust nobody. Okay. Look at all these other communities that come over here to America. Look how they rocking. How they figuring it out. Right. How they working together. You know, I don't I don't see no, I could, we can go right here to this corner store. I bet you ain't gonna see no black person that I running it. Mm. That's real. That's real. You out here keeping the two real. That's a, <laughs> you keeping the two real. This is weird. This nigga acting weird. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so for you, um, if you were to give advice to those that are dealing with the same thing you're dealing with, where they're trying to get out of their case, uh, they've got a parole coming up. They got a parole hearing coming up. Um, what advice would you give inmates that are looking to a parole hearing? Uh, what, how could they, maybe their demeanor, their vernacular, how do they, how should they approach the parole hearing up that week of like leading up to that week, getting the, getting in front of the board, having that conversation, what should they show? What shouldn't they show when it comes to trying to get your freedom? Well, first of all, that's the thing. They can't start preparing a week before. You got to start preparing that maybe years before. See, the warden told the parole board when they granted me, they said, man, if y'all would have denied Eric, I would have had problems on my hand in this prison because they was using me slick sidedly because they made me a mentor, all kind of things. 
I helped Cortell the violence, me, Corey Miller, Mac, all of us. We was mentors when I got when they transferred me from Angola to Hunt. They, they certified us as mentors, but we was able to go around a prison and help curtail the violence that was going on in there because the dudes respected us. You see what I'm saying? So we was like a mediator because that's a that's a that's a hell of a that's a balancing act to to have a respect by the administration and the cold and the coolest killers in the prison. That's a balancing act because if you like by the 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 warden or them, you a rat, you a boot licker, you shine shoes, you you know what I'm saying. But if you respected by them, it's a, it was a difference, and that's what we were. And so, um, you got to start preparing ahead. So, in my trials and tribulations, when I first got there, man, I mean, I was I was getting them right up, going to the dungeon. But as I progressed and got older, got mature, and got solidified with who I am, didn't have to go around trying to prove myself, didn't have to walk around with no chip on my shoulder. That's when I started accomplishing everything that the prison had to offer. So the first thing they see on my parole board was that we see you've been a busy man. You know what I'm saying? Because they could go back a few years to see my accomplishments. And they said that you was accomplishing these things when you still had life without parole plus 30 years. When you still had the notion that you was going to die in prison, you were still trying to educate and better yourself. So they couldn't do nothing but respect that. You see what I'm saying? So the ones that go up there and try to start getting uh, uh, certificates in their jacket a week or two, a month or two before they parole board, they get denied because the people are like, you stunting, man. A lot of uh, opponents, they come out of jail or prison and they come back and they got shitload of tattoos. How did you come out with not tattoos all over your face and your neck just being down that long? Because I wanted to be different. I ain't want to look like none of them niggas. I ain't want to look like none of them, bro. I ain't want to be mistaken for none of them, bro. Did they ridicule you for that? Like They respect me for that. That's right. You know what I'm saying? They respect me for that. How could you ridicule a man for being better, better want to better himself? Not being better than nobody, but just want to better himself. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Just don't want to be... Uh, uh, I know that... The reason... I'm from New Orleans, so we wear gold, right? My daddy's always telling me, don't get no goals, don't get no tattoos. That's how you identify yourself, man. That's how you stand out and people know who you are if you ever in a situation where you don't need people to know who you are. You see what I'm saying? That's right. For, you know, solid step, I want you to touch on what you got going on now. Uh, kind of the, like you, you mentioned the documentary and kind of what you're trying to do. Uh, what is he solid up to now? What is in the works for you? What you got going on? Thank you. You brought us a shirt. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got yeah. one. You know, we're gonna get another one. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. get another one. But tell us Absolutely. about the solid step, solid step of movement. Tell us about what you have going on. Uh, what you're pushing right now? All right, my brand is Solid Step is United. Um, this is just a special edition. Uh, cause um, Dennis Smith Jr. Who plays in the NBA. He was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. He's uh, in Brooklyn now. Um, man, he reached out to me after seeing uh, my last interview on here. And he was like, man, whatever you're doing, I'm going to back you, man. So big shout out to Dennis Smith Jr., number four. So, uh, But the rest of the brand is just stay solid, solid stepper. Um, so get your solid stepper gear. You can go on my Instagram at eSolid365 and uh, click the link, man. You go like it, man. They got the slippers. They got, you know, the stuff for the women. Uh, about to have a, uh, the, your, your dog go be solid stepping in a minute, you know. But the purpose of solid stepping, man, it's it's a, it's a it's not a gangster meaning behind it, bro. It means that, like I say, being a man or a woman, it means being who you say you are. Stepping with action, not just talking. Because a lot of people out here just be lip service. They just be talking like they bought about it, but they ain't. You know what I'm saying? So solid step is about keeping your word, being who you say you are. 
So we got, got that um, going um, for the documentary. Um, we're looking for uh, probably one or two more investors for that um, to get the, the, the rest of the finance we need to finish the documentary. Um, I got a company that's uh, interested in putting it out on a major platform. Can't say no names, stuff right now, non-disclosure uh, uh, non agreements and stuff in effect. But um, so, so it, it, it's gone. It's just the problem is what we were just talking about earlier, man, where people saying one thing and then they be wanting 50% of my story, bro. And it's like, how could I, you know, my mom the only person that did 9,125 days with me. How could I let you give me 20,000, 30,000 and think that if I get this big deal, I got to give you half of that for that little amount of money. Like, come on, bro, don't, don't play on my intellect. That's disrespecting my mind. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's what I've been, that been, you know, my issue out here with, with, with moving forward with the documentary. So, um, so that's, that's in the making. Um, I got the website, um, big shout out to, to my agent, Chris, um, Fute. Um, he got the website up. Y'all will be able to see that on my page, East Island 365 on Instagram. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, we got, um, what else that is, man? I was supposed to tell y'all, man. He told me, I'll be forgetting, bro. You heard me? I had so much on my mind, but that's a few, but just, just, just keep following me, man. And y'all go see, man. I'm going to be, oh yeah. Um, Thanks to y'all. Thanks to shout out to Jay Hardcore from Hardcore Boxing. Shout out to Tank, Javante Tank Davis, his coaching staff. They've been rocking with me. I did some interviews with them. So now they're showing me how to start my own YouTube channel. Um, I just talked to Banky Pound earlier today. Um, so me and Banky was running it. You know, he did 33 years, bro. So he's doing his thing. So um, and then y'all see y'all go help me with my platform called Solid Point of View TV on YouTube, man. Y'all can go there right now. I don't have nothing uploaded right now, but some old stuff that I put out there, I ain't know what I was doing. So y'all forgive me. Y'all know I've been gone 9,125 days. So don't judge my page now. But now I got real life street stars, brothers, and JM backing me up, man. So we about to boost my um Solid Point of View TV on YouTube, man. So make sure y'all subscribe and check that out. And when you got out, how was it? Connecting with the modern day woman, being down that long and coming out, and just how how women are now. Oh man, that's a good question, bro. Um, for me, it's been good because I've been, cause see, it, and I, I I think it's like this because with the women, bro, like they after they get to know me, they realize I ain't like the rest of these dudes because I understood that. In prison, it was the women that was holding them dudes down. Them dudes talk all that shit when they come home, gang, gang, and all that. Man, that dude ain't really, you know, you might have one or, one or two partners that's going to rock it with you, you know, if, if that. But it was them. When you go to go to uh, to that visiting shed in prison, man, that, that visiting shed will be full of women coming up there to see them dudes. But that's who that's who, who dudes' backbones is behind them walls. It's them women, man. So I ain't got nothing but love and respect for the women out here. I just hate the fact that some of them uh, and and I understand it because man, all the men was locked up, so they had to be men. So it's just that you can't be the man in a relationship with a man. That that you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's where I collide with, you know, on that. But other than that, man, shit, man, I a big salute to these women, bro. They've been doing it, but they holding it down. Driving trucks and everything. Big. They say they say all uh, the dudes. Got purses and women got trucks now. You know That's what they're saying? God damn, uh, roll reversal. Shit. Yeah, roll reversal like a bug. Uh, you know shout out man? to the women, though, that hold their men's down for real. Yeah, big shout out to Um, Now, everything you said, man, we're going to put the links in the description, man. I want to make sure they are able to look at the merch, go to the merch. I want to make sure they follow your 
Follow your own platform. You're going to start putting these stories out on your own shit. Yeah. A solid yeah. point of view, man. We're going to make point put of that Y'all heard all they solid, all they point of view. Now get that solid point of view. You heard me? Now, there you go right there, man. Um, It's a blessing to have you here uh, once again, man. Again, for the time that you did, we celebrating four years out. Uh, and we're gonna make it another year, man. We might as well do some more shit, goddamn. That fire year gonna be a real celebration. Oh, we're gonna yeah, pop bottles. Yeah, we pop some real in. bottles. Oh, but I can't I can't leave without saying this to Boosie, man. Oh, let's go. I gotta say something to Boosie. Yeah, talk to him. Um, real briefly, I was at Camp D on um, Falcon. We getting ready to get work called. We getting ready to go on the field. So Boosie had to be like when he first come out, so dude, like, E, you heard him, the dude from Baton Rouge. I'm like, so you hear that, I hear that funny little voice. You know, so dude got the, that's when they had cassette players. You heard, remember them? The, the yeah. CD players and shit. So I listen to, I was like, oh man, I don't listen to that, you know, woo woo. So, but I wind up going to Angola with one of his partners. You know what I'm saying? One of his, I'm like, one of his real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and me and him was tight because he was a juvenile too. He gave his life since back and went home before me, right? So, man, so fast forward to the date and it's like, um, People try to pit me against Boosie because of the last interview. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, I never shit on homie. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, homie yeah. doing his thing, but he his mouth is a detriment to his own self. You know what I'm saying? But homie doing his thing, but he, you know, he's a legend now. He's doing his thing. And um, I hate what's going on with him and his family and his daughters, but yeah. I, like, I don't kick no man when he down when he that's That's hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's that's hard to go through, especially especially a man and his daughter. You just know how I guess he heartbroken behind that. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to say, bro, big shout out to Boosie, bro. And um, you know what I'm talking about, boo. You you I don't gotta call no names. You know who you love in that penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? I love them same dudes. They need our help, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need to focus on, bro. Help freeing them dudes, man. Free my brothers in Angola, man. Solid stuff is united, baby. Man, there you go, man. You already know what it is, man. We got him in the building, man. Eric Brown, man. He's solid, man. Solid Steppers United, man. We got to say it, man. You're the epitome of it. Uh, he's solid. You are a real life street star. Yeah, you salute that shit. Let's go. Let's go.